Welcome to the Simply Resilient podcast, episode number 82, Understanding Buffering. My name is Jessie Ellertson and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life at each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. We are starting off today's episode with our favorite battle buddy moment, and I just like to periodically remind you guys why I call reading a review on my podcast a battle buddy moment. To me, taking the time to go leave a review for my podcast or leave a review on my Facebook page is the ultimate way to be a battle buddy to your fellow military wives and other people out there who are struggling, because a battle buddy is someone who has your back, particularly when things get rough, right? And because the main driver behind leaving a review is so that other people can read it. So that other people will read your review and know that this is a podcast worth listening to because it's going to impact their lives. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that for me and really for all the people who have yet to find my podcast and are, are ready to take a chance on it when they find it. And they'll be so encouraged by leaving your reviews. So if you haven't done one yet, go do it. And for all of those of you that have, thank you so much. So our review today is from Piz123, and they say, lots of great inspiration. I love the uplifting way Jesse tackles different daily struggles that most of us deal with. Sometimes it just takes someone pointing out how our brain works and giving a different way of looking at things to get us on the right track. Jesse has a lot of knowledge and shares it in a way that is easy to understand and easy to apply to your own life. Thank you so much for that review. I really, really appreciate it. You guys keep them coming. Okay, so... As you know, today we're talking about buffering, and I did an episode about buffering quite a long time ago, maybe a year or so ago. It was episode 35, and a friend of mine who was also a coach and I, Zach Spafford, we did this episode together and then put it on each of our podcasts, and we were able to talk about buffering, which is his specialty and comes up so much in uh, military life, particularly when you're dealing with deployment. So it was just like a win-win to do that episode together, so definitely go listen to that one. And today I'm going to get into some of the things we talked about in that episode, but really I want to dig into even more when it comes to this topic, because a lot of us don't even know what buffering is, or we know what it is, but we're not calling it buffering currently. So we're just going to get into some of the basics of it, how it comes into our life, why working on this area and just like understanding it all better is going to help you so much. And also just how to be really like open and understanding of yourself and like non-judgmental when it comes to revealing your patterns and habits around buffering. And just to be really honest with yourself on why you do it and why it's okay and why it might benefit you to decrease your buffering and just a lot of of cool ways to look at this. So one reason why we're going to get into this in this episode is that in resiliency training in June, we spent the whole month talking about buffering and it was awesome, you guys. And it just kind of lit my fire around buffering again and I thought, oh, I need to go do another podcast episode on this topic because it's been a while since I've talked about it and even my understanding of it has increased over the last you know year and a half since I did that episode with Zach. And there's something about resiliency training where I, I do four different videos throughout the month on that one topic. And so we just dig really deep into it. And there's something about teaching these awesome women who are in my resiliency training program so specifically and so deeply in one topic for a whole month that just gets me so excited about it and really opens the topic up in a way that I just haven't experienced before. 
So I don't really go as deep on my podcast as I do in my coaching or in my resiliency training because I like to make my podcast very digestible and it's basically just kind of a, not an introduction, but it's just kind of the upper levels of any topic. I know that so many of my listeners are at different places in the understanding. Sometimes when you come to listen to my podcast, if you're, if you're brand new here, this might be the very first episode you listen to. And so if I were to go way deep on the podcast, some of you would get turned away by it because you would think, I'm not even sure what she's talking about. And I also know so many of you are squeezing podcasts into your day and you're listening to it while you're doing other things. And I think that keeping a podcast, while we talk about really awesome stuff here and it does get deep at times and it's all you know meaningful and applicable, I do like to keep it just at that little bit lighter level that's a little easier to consume no matter who you are, how many episodes you've listened to and what you're doing in your day while you're listening to it. So we're going to touch on some of the things that I talked about last month in resiliency training as we go into buffering today. And if you are interested in learning more after listening to this episode, please reach out to me. You can email me at jesse at simplyresilient.net or find a link with more information on how to sign up for resiliency training on my website. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Simply Resilient Life Coaching. I love to hear from you guys. And if buffering or really most of the things I talk about on my podcast are interesting to you and you're wanting to learn more, we go into it in resiliency training. So if that is interesting to you, please message me. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so like I mentioned, we don't really use this word buffering very commonly. This is a coaching word. Uh, we, we know what it is. Most of us know what it is. We're just calling it different things. But what buffering is and the way I use it is when you're describing something that you do to escape something else, basically. It's either to like soften your experience of something challenging or you're feeling like exhausted or overwhelmed or drained emotionally, mentally, sometimes physically, and you need to just zone out, check out, get a break. Often it's kind of like, oh, I just need to do this to shut my brain down so that I don't have to, like my my thinking is overwhelming me and I just need to like take a break from my brain. And so we have certain activities that will almost take us not, we're not unconscious, but to that less conscious place so that we get a break from our brains or we get a, a softened experience of, of a challenging experience. So let me give you some examples because that can kind of sound dramatic, but we do it in some small ways and some big ways. And we're going to talk about more of what it is and why it's so effective because that's why we do it. It's so incredibly effective, but it is also important to understand that it is very temporarily effective. It is very short-term effective. We logically understand that when we have a lot going on and we're stressed and overwhelmed, that watching TV doesn't solve the problem. And yet while we're watching TV, we get a very effective break from our stress, from our overwhelm, from our problems, because our brain just quiets down or even like turns off almost. And we just enjoy that moment. And then the the show ends or whatever it is that we're doing ends. And then all the problems come right back. So here are some more examples of buffering along with like watching TV. Some of the really common ones are eating, TV, alcohol, shopping or spending money, reading, sleeping. Those are some of like the ones that you're going to probably think of a little more readily. But what's interesting to know is that almost any activity can be used as a buffer, even like productive activities. You could use gardening or home improvement as a buffer. You just have to kind of watch yourself and see if you're escaping from your life by doing this activity. So that is kind of the question that I ask myself if I'm trying to figure out if I'm buffering or if I need to, you know, get a little more awareness in an area and I ask myself, okay, am I escaping or am I just enjoying some entertainment? Because all of those 
activities that I listed already aren't always buffering, but they are when we're using them as an escape or they are another way to look for it if, if escape isn't the right word or if that word escape isn't working for you is that we tend to be overdoing them. Is there anything that you're overdoing? Like it's not a problem to get on Facebook, but if we get, if we over social media, if we over get on Facebook, if we do it so much that we're, you know, escaping our life and missing things and, and using Facebook or social media as that buffer or that coping mechanism to, you know, escape our stress or our boredom or whatever it is that we're escaping, then that's when we know that we're buffering. But there's definitely ways to use Facebook or TV or, or other activities like that in a way that is just entertainment. But anytime you're overeating, overspending, overdrinking, oversleeping, over social mediaing, that's a flag for you to know, okay, I'm using this as a buffer. Now, the reason we use that word buffer is because a buffer is something that comes between two things to like prevent damage, basically. So in a physical sense, you might put uh, like a fabric pad on something to buffer when you're moving furniture so that the furniture won't scratch the floor, right? There's a buffer between the two things. So that, that's, that's where that word comes from, if I haven't already mentioned that. It's important to understand that the urge to buffer is human. It just means we're human. We, it's so normal that we want to do it. It's so normal that we give in and do it at times. And again, like I mentioned at the beginning, the reason that it feels like a solution in the moment is because it's incredibly effective at doing what it is we're wanting to accomplish in that moment, which is protect ourselves from that uncomfortable emotion or that uncomfortable experience or those uncomfortable thoughts. So be careful not to judge yourself as you learn about buffering and begin to examine buffering in your life because it's it's just very normal, very human. It's okay that you want to do it. It's okay that you do it. We just want to learn about it so that we can do it less, understand why we do it, call it what it is when we do it. That's a really important one to me. Often when we feel the need to escape our brain, we tell ourselves a little lie that like, I have to escape my brain right now. Like this is so overwhelming. I just have to go shut down for a little bit. But I want you to start using words like I'm going to choose to buffer a little bit because I'm so stressed right now. You know you don't have to, you know that there are other options and you know it's not going to solve the problem, but you're just going to indulge in a little bit of buffering even if it's just a temporary solution. When we start to call it what it is and stop lying to ourselves, that's a really big step and is super helpful. So when I'm working with my clients on buffering, I talk to them about how buffering itself isn't necessarily bad, but what we do is we put it in a model and buffering goes in the action line. So we have something in our circumstance line. We have a thought about it, like this is too much, or I can't handle it, or uh, I'm stressed, or I'm bored, or I, you know, I'm over this, whatever. And then we have a feeling that's uncomfortable that comes from that thought, like overwhelm, stress, exhaustion. And then the action we do is we buffer with an activity to give ourselves a break from our thoughts and feelings about it. But then the result is the place that we want to look in the model to see if this buffer is a problem for us, if it's something that we're wanting to do less of or if it's working out okay for us. So that's what I tell my clients. I say like buffering isn't bad by itself, but the only reason we would ever buffer less is if we don't like the result that turning to that buffer is creating for us. And it's important to understand that because every time we turn to our favorite buffer or a particular buffer, it just reinforces a pattern and it makes it stronger so that it's more likely we'll turn there again and turn there again and turn there again. So doing a buffer one time or every once in a while is not going to produce a very dramatic 
impact or effect in your life. But as we strengthen the pattern of turning to that buffer instead of feeling the uncomfortable emotion, that's when the results really start to add up and then we do see the big impact. So this is when I like to explain to my clients this, I call it like a spectrum of buffers. So if you were to take all buffering activities and place them on this spectrum of kind of almost constructive buffers all the way to the other end of the spectrum would be kind of destructive buffers. So we've already mentioned a few examples here, but I'll just give you a few more to kind of show you how this spectrum works. And the way you decide where it rates on your spectrum, because it is going to be a little different for each person, is you look at the net negative results. That's a concept that I learned that has been really helpful to me. There's some things we do that there's, you know, some positives will come out of it and maybe some negatives will come out of it and we'll see if the negatives cancel out the positive and if there's any kind of negative left over on, on the end, the net negative, the negative that's left over. And that's usually what's impacting our life typically in a way that we don't want it to. So on the constructive end of the spectrum, that's where you might have things like reading or yard work or exercising or uh, listening to podcasts or uh, doing house projects or yard work or just anything like that. These are actually constructive activities. So there's quite a bit of positives that will come from constructive activities. Uh, the negative that comes from using these constructive activities as a buffer is number one, we strengthen the pattern to buffer against uncomfortable emotions. Number two, we miss the opportunity to practice feeling the emotion and not buffering. And then number three, we might spend maybe more time, kind of get out of balance on doing some of these activities. Like that's when we start to kind of overdo it, right? Like if exercise is your outlet, and again, that's not really a bad thing, but if it becomes a very strong outlet for you, you start choosing it over, you know, having hard conversations with a family member or over getting other important work done, you might start to over-exercise, which could even like hurt your body or just take up a lot of your time or just kind of get your life out of balance a little bit. And so those are some of the negatives. So then you take a look at the positives that come from it and the negatives that come from it. And you say, are there any, is there any net negative in here? And there may only be a little bit, it kind of depends on the person. So that's where it'll rate on your, on your spectrum. So those activities tend to be over on this constructive side. And then the activities that are just in the kind of in the middle are some of the ones that we already talked about, you know, maybe like watching TV or sleeping and, you know, reading might be in this area for you if it's not over on the constructive side. Uh, maybe being on Facebook could be kind of in the middle here where it you know doesn't have a lot of negatives, but it doesn't really have very many positives either. So it kind of is just a buffer. It's just kind of that medium buffer that isn't really doing any serious destruction in your life, but it isn't doing much for you either. And it's, it's taking up quite a bit of your time. I think that sleeping is probably one of the most neutral buffers. It still has a little bit of positive and a little bit of negative, but very little is accomplished and you do get that extra sleep, especially if you're needing it. We can definitely oversleep, which is basically sleeping more than we physically need, right? Which can get away from us for sure. But it's just interesting to start to evaluate these things. And then on the destructive end of the spectrum are going to be things where if you overdo these things, you'll really start to see a very negative impact on your life. So there's a little bit milder ones like overeating and overspending that are not like fully destructive, but it can make you be very in debt or very overweight if that becomes a very you know strong and regular pattern for you. And then if you get into a little bit more destructive, like if you over drink or overdo drugs or watch like overwatch pornography or, you know, some of these more destructive activities that are very powerful dopamine hits, but tend to have a, a quick and dramatic 
um, effect in your life that most people are not wanting more of that in their life. So that's important to understand that sometimes you can take a more destructive buffer and replace it with a less destructive buffer on the way to buffering less. So it's just kind of nice to see how that net negative effect plays out. One thing that I taught my clients in resiliency training last month was that I think it's really important that when we identify something that we're wanting to do less of, like buffering, because we realize we're not loving the results it's creating for us, our, our first kind of strategy of attack is to label that activity as a bad activity. We talked about this a couple of months ago in resiliency training in our, in our money month where we talked about the way we, if we decide that we want to avoid debt, the way we tend to think we need to do it is to label debt as like a bad practice, a bad thing. Now, it's just interesting to know that I can avoid debt and not believe that being in debt makes me or anyone else a bad person. So the same thing comes with this, these buffering activities. Once we learn about buffering activities and what they're creating for us and, and the ways that they don't really serve us, even if they, they feel good right in the moment, but they're not solving the big picture problem, things like that. We tend to think, oh, well, then those are bad activities. I shouldn't do them. And if I indulge in them or if I see other people buffering, then they're weak or I'm weak or we're bad people and buffering's bad. And, and that's the way we think we need to like think of it so that we will be able to avoid it or decrease it in our lives. But I would actually encourage you to, again, tell yourself the truth. It's It feels a little scary at first, but it's actually super empowering. I want you to tell yourself like, oh, there's a reason that buffering is so enticing to me. There's a reason I have such strong urges to do my favorite buffer, whatever it is. It feels really good right in the moment. It's really good at its job, just like we've already talked about. And we don't need to say like, like say say overeating is our, our preferred buffer and we're dealing with some weight issues and we're wanting to get it under control. We tend to want to say like junk food is bad, eating's bad, you know, we just want to like make it all bad. Buffering with food is bad, right? But we just, it's not bad. We just don't like the results it's creating for us. And when we tell ourselves like, no, it feels really good to eat junk food, like right when I'm doing it and I don't feel so good later and I'm I'm dealing with the results of that, but I'm just going to tell myself the truth that I actually like how it feels when I'm doing it. And there's a reason that uh, like with the dopamine going on in my head and all of that stuff, like it makes so much sense why I keep coming back to this pattern that I've strengthened so much. And what we want to start to open ourselves up to, and it's a progression from there. Once we accept like it makes sense why I do it and yet I still want to do less of it because I want to not have these results, so many of these results that I'm creating for myself. Once we we move through that piece, then we start to move on to like, in what ways will my life be even better when I buffer less? Because the lie of the buffer is that it's what's making us happy. It's the only reason that we're not like losing our minds. Like if when our escape is the thing that's keeping us afloat, then how could we possibly get rid of the escape? But what you really want to start opening your minds to is all the ways that your life could be even better, either without this buffer or with just a lot less of this buffer. Because it is not what's making you happy. It never is the thing that is making you feel peace and balance and safety and structure. Any of those feelings that you're seeking for in your life, it's not the source of it. It just gives you a break from your pain, just a temporary break from whatever pain your thoughts are causing you. So to take it all back a couple of steps and to clean up the way you're thinking about whatever circumstance it is you're needing to escape and to learn to either live with that circumstance or think differently about it or kind of accept it and allow it is what's going to start to bring true peace, true happiness, true structure, true relief into your life. To learn to sit with emotions, to learn to 
manage urges. We've talked about urges a little bit on this podcast. Urges are just when our brain wants to do something. And so in this instance, we have an urge to buffer, right? Our brain wants to buffer. It sends that strong urge to us. And what a valuable thing it is to learn how to understand your urges and manage them and sit with them so that you can evaluate an urge and say, oh, when I have an urge to do this, that serves me. And I like the results it creates and I do that. But then when I have an urge to do this, that doesn't serve me. And I don't like the results that creates. So I'm going to learn to feel that urge, know that I don't have to give into it or do it and let it pass on its own without like satisfying the demand that it's asking of me. There's seriously so much power in knowing how to do that because urges are a very frequent thing in our lives. It's interesting that when we start to think about buffering in terms of urges, we start to realize that the buffering is not actually where we want to put our focus. When we switch our focus to managing our urge to buffer and just managing urges in general, then the problematic behavior, whatever the buffer is that we don't like those results, it resolves by resolving that thing a step before by learning to manage our urges. That is really where it takes place of learning how to decrease or stop doing a buffer. Okay, the last thing that I want to like wrap up this episode with is to just spend a minute talking about why buffers are a problem, why they don't work, and why we want to learn about them so that we can decrease them. And the main reason, beyond not liking the results that they're creating, that's, that's a big part of it, but to really understand why it's not working is to understand that a buffering activity is simply a physical response to an emotional problem. And that's why it will never be the solution. There will never be enough food to heal your grief. There will never be enough like online shopping to make you not feel lonely. There will never be enough Facebook for you to feel like you belong. So when we create these mental problems with our thoughts of, you know, dealing with grief or believing we don't belong or things like that. And then we try to buffer against those feelings. We're, we're taking a physical response to that emotional problem. We're taking a physical solution and trying to apply it to an emotional problem. And that's why those two things just don't work together. And again, you'll feel that temporary relief, like, like a temporary solution, like a Band-Aid has been applied, right? But the problem is still under there needing an emotional response, an emotional answer. And that is where thought work comes in and cleaning up the way you're thinking about things and owning that you're creating all your feelings with your thoughts. This is the solution to not needing to buffer anymore. It's managing your urges. It's learning to feel uncomfortable emotions, to allow the experience of your life and not need to buffer against it and soften it. Buffering basically takes your life and makes it smaller and smoother. But the problem with that is life isn't meant to be small and smooth. It's meant to have ups and downs. It's meant to be rough in parts and calm in parts. And we're meant to grow and develop abilities and tools and strategies to help us weather the bumps. Buffering doesn't do that. Buffering attempts to take out the bumps instead of kind of putting on you know, armor and gear that helps you ride over the bump and survive the bump, buffering tries to just knock the bump out. But the best things in our life come on the other side of being willing to have kind of a bumpy up and down, real big, full life. That's, that's where the good stuff is. 
So rather than buffering against it, let's learn how to live in the bumps. It won't all be bumpy, but we want to know how to navigate those bumpy parts so that we're willing to have them so that we get all the good stuff too. And that is what I have for you guys today. Are you ready to take what you are learning here to the next level? Then join me for resiliency training. This is my monthly coaching program that includes a private coaching session with me each month, along with weekly content and individual email support. Start anytime for just $100 a month and continue at that rate as desired with no obligation. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this program will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.